0: Hi, and welcome to our second episode of Pillsbury's Industry Insights Podcast, where we discuss current legal and practical issues in finance and related sectors. I'm Joel Simon, a partner at the international law firm Pillsbury Winthrop Shaw Pittman. We hope from wherever you're listening, you're safe and healthy today. I'd like to welcome Brian Finch, a partner in Pillsbury's Public Policy Group, who's a recognized authority on global security and cybersecurity threats, and a co-leader of our COVID-19 task force.
1: Hi, Joel. It's great to be speaking with you today.
0: As I understand it, Brian, clients are dealing with two types of threats that have skyrocketed during the current crisis.
1: The first wave is, is really just a continuation of attacks that we've seen in the past, where News items that that are dominating are transformed into ways to get people to reveal their passwords, user ideas, or potentially divert money from accounts into fraudulent bank accounts. And so we've been seeing, with respect to COVID, these types of social engineering scams starting since really January. Frosters would send out emails saying, hey, if you want to know the latest about the coronavirus outbreak... Go to this website and then it moved into where is coronavirus in America and now it's even transforming into do you want your stimulus check soon? Check in on this website, all of which are preloaded with malware and that's been a great way for criminals to steal information and we've actually seen record surges from a number of cyber security intelligence
0: firms. Have you found, Brian, that these are like the old Nigerian scams that were going around five or ten years ago, or are they? And
1: that's actually a wonderful way to put it. This really is just the old Nigerian scam updated. Instead of using a Nigerian prince who has millions of dollars to wire, now it's simply, hey, reveal some details to us, and we'll give you the latest about COVID so you can stay healthy. It's really the same tactic being used over and over again, and just modified.
0: Right. For example, I've spoken with a company who realized that they sent a six-figure wire transfer to a scammer posing as a legitimate vendor who had sent them an email. They wondered whether their loan agreement might have covenants or reps and warranties that could be implicated by, by having sent that wire. In the end, they were lucky because their insurance policy saved them from any losses, but they proceeded to make changes to their internal controls and payment system. And I think this shows how even sophisticated businesses can be fooled by these scams. What can you tell us about the second problem that you mentioned, Brian, the state-sponsored cyber attacks?
1: Great, right, Joel. So this is the second wave that I mentioned. where Now we're seeing the, the fruit of latent uh, networks and infrastructure that have been set down over the past couple of years by sophisticated bad actors like Iran, China, North Korea, and others were seeing indicia of increased cyber attacks from all of those entities. And this is the moment they've been waiting for because with the rapid transition, really unprecedented from working in the office to working from home, there's unbelievable surges in in, in remote traffic. And that creates so much noise that these hackers can use all the techniques and tools, whether it's compromised networking gear or stolen passwords into these virtual private networks that every business relies upon. All that gives them cover to sneak in while the IT professionals are really busy looking in the other direction just trying to maintain those networks and steal really valuable information or even lay in malware that can potentially be very destructive. It's it's very disturbing, but there is a lot that's going on in this world, and we see multiple reports now from law enforcement, from private sector cybersecurity professionals, that these attacks are are spiking dramatically. In fact, one cybersecurity company uh, noted recently that they saw one of the largest waves ever from China of cyber hacking, and that was in the middle of the coronavirus outbreak in China. So while China was locking down virtually the entire country, it was also launching enormous hacks into the United States and other areas. And then on top of that, we just saw a report from the FBI late last week that they're seeing a significant spike into attacks on hospital testing labs, pharmaceutical companies, et cetera. So we can see the fruit of all this. And what that really means, it can't just be about making sure that your users have a reliable, stable network connection. You need to be monitoring those connections for cyber attacks, uh, because the adversaries are coming. We know North Korea is out trying to hack for money as much as possible. Mention the Chinese. We know our other adversaries are out there doing that. And so it's, it's really dramatically urgent that everyone is paying attention to the cyber risk because it's, at the, the warning levels are off the charts at this point.
0: That's a pretty scary thought, Brian. Uh, you, you must end up working, uh, not just with the IT guys at a company on this.
1: Right. It's, it really becomes at that point, Joel, an existential crisis for the company. And so we do wind up working with everyone in the C-suite, as well as a diverse, co- uh, set of colleagues within the firm and, and external allies like law enforcement from Secret Service and the others. But you need to pull together at that time uh, an entire crisis management suite, really. And so you need your counsel like you. You need uh, incident response firms uh, who are going to uh, be able to help find the adversary, get them out, public relations to t- uh, to talk about uh, the right way to message that, that this break-in has happened and what's the, da- the damage that may be occurring to your business. You need to talk to your insurance broker or your insurance carrier, even insurance coverage uh, attorneys need to speak with the regulators because their private information has been stolen. That can generate some disclosure requirements to states or even uh federal regulators. So it it really becomes an all in effort that's very time consuming and distracting. And particularly in a time where a lot of companies are really focused on survival. It's the last thing you need. Sometimes it's inevitable just because a hack occurs doesn't mean that someone did something wrong, but it does mean that everyone needs to pay attention and do their best to not only stop what you can stop but make uh whatever does happen make it as uh as minimal of an impact
0: as possible. thanks for those insights, Brian. Before we sign off, uh I'd like to turn to this week in history for a little nugget to help us get through the current crisis on april twenty first nineteen ten Samuel Langhorn Clemens passed away. He was a writer, humorist, and entrepreneur better known by his pen name, Mark Twain. Always ready with a quote, my favorite one of his was when a news reporter once asked him what he thought about a rumor that he had died. Twain looked at him and gave a deadpan response. Sir, reports of my death are greatly exaggerated. I'd like to leave you with this thought. We suffered through the Great Depression, the savings and loan crisis, the stock market crash in 87, and the debt crisis in 08, and we came out from those crises pretty well. This week, I'm hoping that if we can be patient together, and if the economy could speak to us, it might be quoting Mark Twain in the future. Thank you again, Brian, for joining us, and to all of you tuning in, thank you for listening to Pillsbury's Industry Insights Podcast.